Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Probably what most of you expect on Christmas is to to talk about how the birth of the infant Jesus a few thousand years ago really brought a new sense of hope and light and peace into the world. And and who knows, I may get to that. Um, I think I'd like to start somewhere a little more topical. Three nights ago, uh, my partner Daniel got a text from his niece explaining what she wanted for Christmas. uh, And it was a gift card. Now she's 14. It was a gift card from Victoria's Secret. And so it kind of brought up the whole topic in our house of, uh, of Christmas presents and what is this whole idea of giving gifts to one another and, and you know, should it be a gift of something that's appropriate versus something that's desired? Is it something that should be useful? Should it be something that's homemade? Should it be something that is... Uh, uh, a reflection of the giver versus maybe a reflection of the person it's being given to. Anyway, you can see that our heads were kind of swimming a little bit with this little text message. And, uh, and I remembered when I was a child, one of, one of my favorite aunts, and, and you know, Maxine wasn't even an aunt. She was really a second cousin. Do we all have relatives that aren't even relatives, but yet they're such a part of the family that they, they just feel like they're your auntie or whatever. Well, that's kind of like what Maxine was to me. And, and of she had it easy for the first five or six years, right? You can walk into any department store in the world and find the perfect gift for like, I don't know, a five-year-old boy, right? If it lights up, if it has many pieces, if it makes a noise, right? I mean, it's, it's not very hard. It's not really very hard. But, but I remember I got to be probably about Allie's age, you know, that awkward 12, 13, 14-year-old where oh my gosh, anyone who tried to get me a present, they were out of luck, right? I went right from wanting Legos and erector sets into like nothing would be right, you know? If you bought me some clothing, it would be the wrong color or the wrong size. If you got me a book, it wouldn't, I went through that like dark period where all the books had to have murders or, you know, scary things in them, right? And it wasn't so much that I necessarily even enjoyed those things, but it was kind of starting to pull away from what, seemed like it should be the good boy in me, right? And, and I think that probably our, our, our niece Allie is kind of going through that phase of where she wants to seem a little dangerous, a little on the edge of things. And I remember how hard it was to shop for people like that. But you know what? My, my cousin Maxine even had that figured out. I remember she, she made the exquisite failure one Christmas and got me and add on to a Lego set when I was done with Legos. And I think she realized that because the next summer when school got out, and I'm pretty sure I was either 13 or 14, she had me captain a bowling team over the summer. I didn't even know how to bowl. It would, but it, it, it was such a, like, a cool thing to do. Here was my, my cool aunt just comes to the house and says, we're, doing a bowl, we're in the bowling league this summer, and you're the team captain. And I got to tell you, the process of learning how to bowl and turning in the scores and how to do the scoring and how to phone my friends and talk them into a, on the mixed bowling league and the whole thing, it was like the best summer ever. It was something that I had no idea that I could even do. 
And in a way, it was the gift of self-confidence. It was the, the gift of knowing who I was. It was kind of taking this nerdy little kid uh, out into the world in a totally different way. It was me uh, being seen by myself as like the leader of other people. I mean, I don't know if she planned all this out or if it was one of those stroke of geniuses. But she, in that summer, created something really beautiful in me, way beyond any kind of a, a normal gift. And what I noticed was from then on at Christmas time, too, the gifts were less focused on a thing, trying to figure out logically what this crazy 15-year-old would want or whatever it was. And it was more around an experience. I, I still remember at that time, she had moved away out of town when I was about 16, I think. Uh, she'd moved up to Portland. We were still down on the Oregon coast. And for Christmas that year, she got me a ticket to a Broadway play up in Portland. Just me, not my parents, right? And I got put on the bus to come up to Portland. And I got to tell you, the idea that my parents would let me be on the bus by myself to go visit my really cool aunt in Portland and see a Broadway show. And it's like, do you see where I'm going with this? It's like, what an awesome Christmas present. Because it wasn't so much the thing as it was the gift of her, the gift of the experience, the, the gift of being with someone that I loved who was sort of getting me, who was kind of wanting to spend honest-to-goodness quality time with me in a way that, well, of course my parents did. I mean, I'm not trying to play down the, the, the importance of parents in my life because they can do that too. But do you see... It was like a little miracle being born. Here was me interacting with an adult in a, in a wonderful, self-empowering kind of way. And what, was I scared to be on the bus coming into the big city by myself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that I would have admitted it then. I'm sure when she picked me up down at the Trailways bus station, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this was, this, yeah, yeah, just hanging out. I'm a big guy, you know, no problem. Those kinds of experiences goes so beyond, you know, the new Christmas sweater. And I think ultimately what it tells me is that what we really want for Christmas is the interaction with the people that we care about. It's not so much about what the actual gift is as it is knowing that you were kind of understood. And so sometimes the thing is the thing, right? Sometimes a gift is a perfect thing, but when that is true, more often than not, it's the reflection of that relationship, that, that she knew me well enough to really know what I would want. And I would say even more important is when it isn't about the thing at all, it's just two people enjoying each other, like the, like the trip to Portland to, to see the Broadway show. Now, you might ask, where am I going with this? Well, of course, for one thing, I'm giving you great tips for buying Christmas <laughs> presents. So, so I hope you're making notes of this, right? It's about the experience and not the stuff. In fact, uh, in, in uh, 2013, they did a survey of, uh, of teenagers, asking teenagers what they most wanted from their parents for Christmas. And guess what the answer was? quality time with their parents. Now, Nintendos were up there and, you know, a new iPhone was on the list, but it wasn't in the top spot. The top spot, believe it or not, was quality time with their parents. So if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping yet, there's plenty of time because the only thing you need to provide is you. 
The only thing you really need to think about is how can you honor those people on your Christmas list? And what they're really wanting is you. They're wanting that relationship. They're wanting to experience the joy. They're wanting to to have that sense of belonging with someone. They're wanting that sense beyond. uh, and, And in fact, I think in some ways, if you're not a parent, you even have it easier and more delightful because because what? You get to to kind of almost be that special person that's family but not quite family, that, that, that gets to do the interesting and the fun things with people. And, and of course, this isn't about kids either, right? If you talk to any of your friends or your elders about what they really, I mean, right? Does, does grandma really need another pair of Christmas knitted socks? I mean, I don't think so. She'd love a telephone call. She'd, she'd love to be Skyped to and, and uh, get to see your joyous face. All right, so enough about Christmas, although I have just given you some amazing Christmas <laughs> tips. And so I want full credit for that later when people recognize how incredibly awesome you are to have gotten those tickets or to, to take your nephew out to the football game or whatever it is. Those are the kind of gifts that will be remembered 25 years from now because they're a gift of you. All right, now I want to talk more about the true meaning of Christmas, which is probably why you really came here, and you'll find out kind of how they tie together, I hope. And if not, you'll be kind because it's Christmas Eve. (laughs) So this is the parable of the hidden treasure. It's from the teachings of Jesus. This particular version of it is is Matthew 13, verse 44. And so Jesus was teaching the multitude at this point, and this was the parable that he had. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. I'm going to read it one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his great joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. So I want to talk about this a little bit because I think it pertains not only to the idea of, uh, of Jesus' birth and the, the force of the Christ consciousness being born in the world, but believe it or not, it also comes back to Christmas presents again. So first of all, I would suggest that you are the treasure that's hidden in the field. It is the joy that you can bring people. It is the love that you bring to your friends and family. It is the, the, the sweetness of your character and the, uh, the necessary relationships that we have and the fact that you can bring joy to them or not. You can bring peace to them or not. That you can choose to be truly that treasure to your friends and your family. And I would suggest that the hidden in the field aspect is because often it is kind of hidden in us. Oftentimes we kind of forget the power that we have, don't we? We just go through life trying to get things done, not realizing maybe the full impact that we have on the people around us, or that with only a little effort, we could make such a difference to the people around us. You see, my cousin Maxine, she didn't have to do those things, right? She could have just been the more usual, I mean, I actually have quite a few second cousins, right? Do I remember them? I'm thinking in my head right now, do I even remember some of their names? I don't. 
I remember Maxine because she was that treasure hidden in the field and she chose to reveal that true treasureness, that true love, that true zest of life, that true joy, that ability to, to elicit love and purpose and, and sweetness out of other people. And we all have that capability. But how often, how often does it remain hidden in us? I think that's the question. The rest of the parable just has to go with how amazing this, right? Uh, in, in the parable, the man sold everything. The man sold everything in order to have that field, in order to reveal the treasure. Now, what does that mean to us in this room? Are we willing, really, to give it all in order to reveal our gift. I think each one of us here has a very unique and special gift. Sometimes hidden, sometimes not so much. Sometimes I think my treasure, some mornings I wake up and I go, ah, it's probably here somewhere. <laughs> somewhere here there's love, right? Somewhere. I would like to suggest that we can actually do our best that we actually can take it upon our own measures and efforts this year to reveal more of the treasure that we are. Now you might be thinking in your own heart, well, what is the treasure that I have to give? You've given me a couple examples. You've mentioned a, a, a kindly cousin who, who uh, elicited self-confidence and love out of a young man. And that's one example. That's probably not maybe for everyone. And I understand that. But I do think that each person here has a unique gift to give. It may be working with a young person. It may be working with the elderly. It may be helping people who are less fortunate. It may be raising our own children in the most fabulous and, uh, and, and uh, self-aware way that's possible. It may be working in our own jobs and our own communities to show people how we can live together, not just getting along, but actually thriving. I think that these are all gifts that we can have at any stage in our lives and in any particular venue that we're in if we choose to. And so I'm going to be asking you something tonight in the same way that Jesus 2,000 years ago was willing literally to give his life, to give his gift of love and peace to the world. Well, I'm not asking anyone to go that far. <laughs> you're, you're getting off the hook easy tonight. But I would like you... And I would suggest to you perhaps a willingness to show more of your authentic selves this year. And we're going to do a, a candlelighting ceremony around this. I think that each one of us tonight can have an opportunity of revelation to become more of that Christ presence in the world. And you might think, well, what does that mean then? And, and I think you don't really have to go too much more elaborately into the world than just those qualities of God. And we think of those qualities of God as joy, as peace, as love, as abundance, as health, as light. Any of those things, any of those attributes that we would give to our higher power, to God, I think the reason we can recognize those is because they're in us as well. We have that capability, sometimes hidden, sometimes not so hidden. And so I would like you to begin thinking of ways that you might further illuminate this world. What gift is it that you're going to put on our altar tonight? What gift is it that you have to give to the human race? 
In the same way that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was right on the line there, representing peace and love in the world, in a world very war-torn, very tribalistic at that time, I would ask, what gifts are you willing to place on the altar of humanity this year? And so we light candles this Christmas, candles of joy, candles of hope, candles of courage, of peace, of grace, of love. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. There is one force in this universe, one consciousness. I call it God, but whether you call it Allah, whether you call it the divine feminine, it doesn't really matter because it is all that there is. Every person, every place, everything, all that is seen and all that is unseen, truly all of just this one thing. And of this one thing, I know it comprises all of the, the hope and joy and peace and love and courage and wisdom and grace of the universe, all of it, all of it within that one. And so as we light our candles tonight, each one of us dedicates a portion of ourselves to this a greater awareness and greater expression of God bringing about that peace on earth, bringing about that greater love for one another in life, bringing about that greater sense of, of wholeness or courage or peace. And what I know about God is that as we make these intentions, as we, we give these gifts, God so graciously receives them. That God meets us with a resounding yes and does everything within God's power to aid us in these intentions, into these blessings that we bestow on the world. And for this, for this, above all, I am grateful. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Yeah.
suis bon you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. 
Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.